In the election headlines tonight, the Greens. Is it true they were formed by mixing the blue and yellow parties? Belts or harnesses, what makes for a more safe seat? And linguists announce that the word liberal now has 26 new additional meanings. This is your 108.3 EARFM 2016 Federal Election Special, coming to you live from Stirling, contested capital of Eastern Australia, with your host, Walter Conrad. Good evening. Joining me in the studio tonight is the Eastern Australian Broadcasting Group's election expert, Barry Hosser. People may remember him from my celebrated 10-year run on Good Morning Sterling on EATV, for which Baz here was our political reporter and gossip columnist. Good evening, Baz. Oh, glad to be here, Walter. The polls have just closed and I understand that the votes have started being counted. And how many have been counted so far? According to my information, five. Do you think we can predict an outcome based on that information? Yes, I'd predict that it's a little too early to tell. Maybe when 10 or 12 votes are counted and we actually know who they voted for, we can start making more accurate predictions. And with that in mind, we go live to Archie Duster at the vote-counting station in the Federal Electorate of Chelmsford in Stirling's Inner West. Archie, have you got a vote counter there? Uh, Walter, I- I'm, he- I'm here with Noah Brown, one of the local vote counters. Federal. Sorry? Uh, this is a federal election, not local. N- no, I mean local, as in you live in the area. Actually, I live in Melbourne. I just do this for fun. Oh, so, anyway, how many votes have you counted so far? Mm, sorry? How-, how-, how many votes have you counted so far? Hang on, I'm counting votes. That was a vote for the Liberals. Tick. That was a vote for... Jesus, why would you vote for them? Tick. Uh, That was a vote for... Bloody hell, they're just throwing them away here. Tick. Uh, Can you repeat the question? Sorry? The question, uh, what did you ask me? Aren't you counting votes? Uh, Nah, it's high time I had a break. Oh, uh, so how many votes have you counted so far? Let me check. Isn't it a bit early to be having a break? Take it up with the Vote Counters Union. Do you have a system for counting the votes? Yeah, we put them into piles. Is it complicated figuring out preferences? I'm going to grab a cup of tea. Uh, Jeff, can you take over here? Yeah, just a tick. Oh, um, excuse me, Jess, was it? Is it hard to count the preferences? Uh, Hang on, I'm counting votes. This is Archie Duster for EARFM. And while that's being counted, let's talk about what this election's campaign was like. Baz, how would you describe the major parties' campaigns? Well, obviously, the politicians went around to a bunch of places and met voters and gave press conferences about their policies. Uh, No, I mean, what was your opinion of the campaign? Well, if I focus on our own state, I think there was a bit of a problem with the campaigns in Eastern Australia. Uh, What was that problem? A timing issue, really. You see, according to the PM's campaign schedule, he's not meant to actually start campaigning in this state until next week. I see. That might be a bit of a problem, mightn't it? Yeah. You see, the problem is, next week is actually after the election? Yeah, because the election was uh, today. Exactly. So some might say the PM's leaving it a bit late to convince Eastern Australian voters that his government is concerned about their interests. I spoke to campaign assistant Ethan Muesli earlier today. Mr Muesli, 
Some are arguing that by campaigning here after the election is actually over, the Prime Minister is not showing much regard for the interests of Eastern Australia. That's simply not true. The Prime Minister's campaign has visited voters all over New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland. But what about the state of Eastern Australia, not just the eastern part of Australia in general? The voters of Eastern Australia should be assured that they are very high on the Prime Minister's list of priorities. In fact, he'll be visiting Stirling on Monday afternoon. But the election's today. Yes, and... what? That's two days after the election. Exactly. And and the Prime Minister believes that by campaigning after it, he'll be showing Eastern Australian voters just how valued they are. Dodge that one. Uh, thank you for your time, Mr. Measley. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, Baz. Now, uh, what about the leader of the opposition? Well, his campaign bus did briefly cross the western border of the state on the way to Queensland on Tuesday, so it's possible that he might have swung some votes in his favour with that higher level of concern. And we've just received word uh, that the eastern Australian leg of the Prime Minister's election campaign has been cancelled due to a scheduling conflict. Another development in this year's election has been increased numbers of absentee voting. Indeed it has, Walter. Whether it's because the people are travelling, working unusual hours, or just can't be bothered getting out of bed before 7pm, voting before the day is on the rise. And it's been particularly noticed in the electorate of Bull Mound in the state's west. We go live now to state reporter Sam Castaway in Bull Mound for more. I'm here in Bull Mound, where due to minor time differences, the polls have only just closed. And with me is local community organiser, Doug Spanner. Doug, you live in the electorate with the most absentee votes in the state. That's right, yes. Now, there are 112,658 registered voters in the electorate. How many absentee votes were received? Uh... 112,657. So how many voters did you get at the polling station today? Uh, one. So we still put on the sausage sizzle and everything. Did this voter buy a sausage? No, uh, but he did look at the barbecue as he was leaving, so I think he might have thought about it. And what do you think was the main reason for so many Bull Mound voters lodging an absentee vote? I think a lot of them have gone uh, skiing. And why did you lodge an absentee vote? Ah, well, I had to run the sausage sizzle all day. Do you want one? They're still kind of warm. You're all right. This is Sam Castaway for EARFM. And there'll be more election coverage after this. Are you sick of arguing with your friends about politics? Why not try the new Arguend from Soak Corp? Powerful electrodes are inserted into your brain, delivering a paralysing shock whenever you consider voicing a political opinion out loud. Sign up for the clinical trials for a free sample. Soak Corp. Keeping your social life sensible. Hoping to grab a drink and dissect the election later tonight? Well, too bad. The result probably won't be announced until 10pm, and with the state's new lockout laws, you won't be able to get in anywhere. Brought to you by the Eastern Australian Government, Sterling. Authorised by B. Larkin. And before we get back to our live election coverage, what follows is a message from the Eastern Australian Office of the Australian Electoral Commission about democracy, election day, and you. You wake from a sleepless dream burdened with responsibility. 
as you dress, you are careful not to wear any blue, red, or green, lest you risk drawing their gaze. You step out into the Saturday sun and wonder why it does not warm your cold skin. You join a procession of individuals all heading in the same direction. You plan to beat the masses by voting early, but at what other time would someone vote? You walk at the same slow pace that they do. Inside the primary school, you almost notice how few children are there. Then again, have you ever seen children in this primary school before? You see a small painted handprint on a classroom window. It has your name written underneath. It says, I am happy. It says, I am sad. The House of Representatives asks you to choose someone to choose for you. The Senate demands that you put all of your opinions in order. You cast your voice into a cardboard box and they say they will take good care of it, but you are already gone. Distracted by a barbecue smell of sizzling flesh. At night, you drink to numb your mind to the numbers that the TV shows you. Australia has lost the election this year. This was brought to you by the Eastern Australian Office of the Australian Electoral Commission. And we're back in the studio. We throw over now to our UK correspondent, Samuel Nashington, in Stirling sister city, Holton on Tour. Are you there, Sam? Hello, Walter. What's new in Stirling? Oh, you know, had to renew that prescription. Anything happening over there? Well, the UK did just vote to leave the European Union. Oh, yeah. How's that been? Oh, it's too early to say, really. Oh. Uh, was there any way you could draw a comparison between the UK voting to leave the EU and the Australian federal election? I'm not sure. Me either. It's just what it says on my card here. I suppose you could say that both of them should have been debated on economics, but everybody mostly seemed to obsess over refugees. Sounds about right. Thanks, Sam. Samuel? Actually, while I've got you, what's the UK office of the Eastern Australian Broadcasting Group like? It's a room in an office building with some computers. Why are you in some town in Devon? I know it's a sister city, but why isn't the office in London? Oh, nothing's actually in London anymore. Oh, right. Sorry, you kind of have to uh, live here to understand that. Yeah, okay, thanks, Sam. Samuel? And this leads us to another question that's come up in this election. Who will be the next Edmund Barton? Following the popularity of the UK's split from the EU, which according to some at least was with the purpose of protecting British jobs, Australia's own protectionist party has reformed. Students of history, and some incredibly old citizens, may be aware that our first Prime Minister, Sir Edmund Barton, was proud leader of this party, which dissolved in 1909, 107 years ago. But they're back, and apparently with exactly the same policies as before. That's right. We got Dusty Sunflower from the Protectionist Party here in the studio. Mr Sunflower... Do you see yourself as the next Edmund Barton? Well, it would be unbecoming of me to dare compare myself to the illustrious Sir Edmund. Did you know that his cool head led to the diffusing of the world's first international cricket riot, which I'm proud to say happened right here in this country? But yes, 
I would like to be the next first Prime Minister of Australia. And what exactly are the Protectionist Party's policies? Well, they're the same as they ever were, Mr Hosser, Mr Conrad. Keeping the Australian economy working for Australians. We're not living in the past, however, and so we have summarised our ideas in a new way for this 21st of our centuries. Put simply, by restricting foreign trade, we aim to promote, within Australia itself, jobs and growth. But isn't that the LNP slogan? It summarises an idea far older than them, and under our policies it would be quite illegal for those young upstarts to advocate our party's position. We intend a strenuous lawsuit as soon as we have achieved victory in the election. Mr Sunflower, thank you. Rather. Back to the polls now, and here's another hot issue for some Eastern Australian voters. Telling some of the Senate candidates apart. What's the situation, Baz? Well, it's like this. Let's say you're a dirty lefty. You're probably going to vote for the Greens, right? Or maybe Labour. But what if you're a really dirty lefty and you want to vote for a party that wants to abolish capitalism? I guess you just throw your vote away on the socialists. Exactly. But which socialists? I spoke to confused voter Dave Ruskin earlier today. So Dave, you're a pretty dirty lefty, aren't you? (laughs) You could say that, Baz. I only buy fair trade coffee, and I believe that capitalism is the root of all the world's ills. So why is that a problem come voting day? Well, partially it's because I don't believe that gradual government action within a capitalist system can really bring about socialism. (laughs) Only stupid reformists think that. Mainly, though, it's because I can't tell the two socialist parties apart. Are you referring to the Allied Socialists Union and the United Socialists Alliance? Exactly. They both hate capitalism. They both advocate all the usual left-wing stuff, climate change action, marriage equality, and all the rest of it. They're even next to each other on the Senate ballot paper. What's the difference? Many people do quite extensive research before the day. Have you been studying the two? Yeah, and I still can't figure it out. All I can determine is that in the 30s, some of them supported Stalin and the others supported Trotsky. Wasn't Trotsky better than Stalin? I guess, but he died over 70 years ago. I don't have to base my decision on which dead Russian guy the party used to support. Wasn't Stalin Georgian, not Russian? Why do you know so much about it? Back to the studio, that was Dave Ruskin, one confused voter. Let's move on now to some hot-button issues of the campaign. What's first up? Let's talk about tax. Some people pay it, everyone wants to pay less of it, but only one candidate is campaigning on a platform of eliminating it altogether. Independent candidate for the electorate of Port Hole, Bartholomew King. I spoke to Mr King yesterday. Mr King, you want to eliminate all tax, is that correct? That's right. Taxation is slavery. This is meant to be a free country. If we're truly to be free, we must abolish all tax. And how do you propose this measure? I propose that my business, King Gardening Supplies, will purchase the government at a competitive rate of, say, $5,000. All public services like roads, hospitals and education will then be purchased by members of the public from me on a need-by-need basis. And how much do you imagine, say, an average primary school education for one child to cost? Oh, no more than ten or $20,000 a year. And if someone buys a road to drive on, they can hire the road out to anyone who wishes to drive on it. And what if someone tries to drive on the road without paying? 
Well, the owners will be obliged to defend their own property rights because the government's not going to enforce them for them. That's not its job. Its job is to sell off its own assets and turn a profit. So they'll need guns. And what if the people driving without paying have more and bigger guns? Well, that's just the free market in action. Vote one for Bartholomew King on Saturday. Sorry, this is going out after the polls have closed on Saturday night? Oh. Can I buy the show you're broadcasting it on? I'll give you ten bucks for it. That was Bartholomew King. Now for another hot-button election issue. What about immigration? Well, it seems we've got an expert here. Good evening, Mr... Ah, good evening. So what can you tell us about how immigration has been treated in this campaign? Ah, well, uh, the fact is, Baz, uh, neither major party has been tough enough on uh, immigration in this election. Uh, You may not like it, but it's what the man on the street wants. uh. We asked a man on the street about this. Excuse me, sir, do you want the government to take a tough stance on immigration? Uh, Yeah, they come to take all our jobs and welfare, aren't they? Bloody poms. From the horse's mouth. Yeah, that's right. And if the uh, parties really want to do uh, win votes, they need to uh, tell the electorate that they're going to dictate who comes in and uh, the manner in which they come. So, uh, for instance, if they want all migrants to uh, come in on a jet ski, uh, that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, possibly while uh, forming a human pyramid. Because we, uh, we want to know we're bringing in our skilled people, uh, not just anyone. Thank you for your time, Mr... Uh, you're very welcome. And as we're still contractually obliged to do so, we go over now to our unbiased political commentator, Timothy Jock. Timothy's been having a bit of a tough time since the sterling semaphore, for which he writes his political column, was bought out last year, and he currently believes that he's living in an alternative universe, Cold War gone, hot scenario, in which the two sides of international politics have evaporated through mutual nuclear annihilation. So we take you live to the psychiatric ward at the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge Celebratory Hospital in Stirling's East. Here's your soup, Mr Jock. Did you get the supplies? Look, we can't go outside too often or the radiation's going to get in. And I'm not having mutant freaks living in my bunker. They'll probably start imposing on our religious freedom with their weird new genders. And they'll grow prehensile tongues that can only say politically correct nonsense. It'll be because of that special radiation the damn left-wing scientists made for Brezhnev. God, why did no one listen to me? We should have sided with the Nazis during the war. I'm Timothy Jock. Mentioning the Nazis, he's still in there somewhere. Get well soon, Timothy. And for the sake of balance, we take you now to our other, equally unbiased political commentator, Bernard Pass. What's the point? More corrupt, useless idiots are going to get in. They're the only people who run for office these days. They should stop pretending they have any ideological differences and just form one big, corrupt, useless idiot party. Probably get the biggest mandate they'd ever seen. Christ, I need a drink. I'm Bernard Pass. More election coverage after this. Are you concerned about your family's future? Why not make an appointment with Livian Times to discuss voter insurance? You don't want to be left in the cold if the election doesn't go your way. 
Money can't change the election result after it's happened, but it can help you get your life back on track. Livian Time Voter Insurance. Contact us at paymyvote.com.au. Did you know that studies have shown that radio advertising is seven times more effective than not? You should have advertised your political party on the radio this election. Why didn't you? Next time, contact Breakout Incorporated, owners of this airtime, at breakout.com.au and help us help you help us make a return on this investment. It's time for another live vote count update now. Baz, how many votes have been counted so far? Well, the word I'm getting is that the number of votes counted so far is roughly... a lot. A lot of votes. That's sure to have major ramifications for the outcome of this election. This is particularly of concern because for the first time in decades, in this election, the way Eastern Australians vote for the Senate has changed. What's the situation, Baz? Well, it used to be that you either voted one above the line, or you had to number every box below the line. Now voters can number the boxes above the line 1 to 6, below the line with at least 1 to 12, or below, below the line, where they can tick the box other and then write anything they want on the back of the ballot paper. Eastern Australian Electoral Commission EAEC spokesperson Clay Brickwall explains. Well, Walter, in previous years we've seen a high number of invalid or donkey votes resulting from the clash between our mandatory voting system and disillusioned voters. By allowing voters to vote below, below the line, we'll cut back on the amount of invalid votes and give a say to the mad, incomprehensible voice of the uninformed general public. And speaking of invalid votes, what about those who haven't registered to vote at all? We go over to Deputy Assistant Police Vice Under Commissioner Alistair Daniels with a warning for all those who aren't registered with the AEC. Well, voting is compulsory, so you really should do it. On the other hand, it's a civil matter, not criminal, so it's not really my place to discuss it. And we're just getting word that all the votes have been counted in the electorate of Huey in North Stirling. So we go live to Preston Barkley, who's just arrived in the EARFM emergency response van. Are you there, Preston? Yep, sorry, we're having an ice cream. Uh, Have all the votes been counted? That's right, Walter. So which candidate won the seat? Well, they're not sure yet. Seems like they just counted how many ballot papers they had, not who anyone had actually voted for. They're going to start after the Maccas run. Hey, news guy, was it uh, Grand Angus, you said? Preston Barkley and Huey there, where apparently the vote count is heating up. And that's not all. What's going on? Hang on, I I can read Keith's handwriting. (laughs) Oh. Oh! We take you live now to political correspondent Harold Hughes. Harold, what's the situation? Walter, if anyone thought the federal election this year was boring, they reckoned without Eastern Australia. I'm on the bridge of Light Destroyer, HMAS Invigilator, right now as we head out of Stirling Harbour for the Pacific Ocean. With me is Commodore Franklin, Deputy Commander of the Piper Naval Base here in Stirling. Commodore, what's our destination? We're currently in pursuit of Garbage Barge 11, which until recently was tethered in Cutthroat Cove, safely out of view of tourists and representatives of the World Health Organisation. Is Garbage Barge 11 not also known as the Micronation of New Tasmania, under the rule of Head of State, President Emperor General Trousers. I believe it is sometimes referred to as such in colloquial discourse, 
although to the best of my knowledge, not even the United Nations recognises the sovereignty of the vessel in question, or the authority of Mr Trousers, who I do not believe has the military commission of general from any recognised armed forces. Garbage Barge 11 may be full of bulky pieces of broken electrical equipment from the 90s that no one wants to deal with, but it's still the property of the Stirling City Government, and I am acting as liaison between them and the Federal Election Commission in this matter. And why is this a federal election matter? To explain briefly, as the engines still haven't quite warmed up, in the most recent reorganisation and renaming of certain electoral divisions, a number of new electorates were created. It turns out that one of these, the electorate of Noble, does not appear on any map and only has one elector, Mr Trousers, who is also the only candidate running for said electorate in the lower house, and, by use of a false moustache, has also made his way onto the Eastern Australian Senate ballot paper, running for the vote for me and I'll give you some money in part of a Yamaha keyboard party. And how do you intend to proceed when the invigilator reaches the electorate of Noble. The fact is, Mr Trousers needs to make up his mind. Is he an Australian citizen or not? Admittedly, that doesn't bear upon the issue of him illegally inventing an electorate to try to get himself into federal parliament. It just annoys me on a personal level. When we catch up with Garbage Barge 11, which I believe we can see now off the starboard bow, we will demand at gunpoint that he withdraws from the election. And if he refuses? Then we'll blow him out of the water and hush it up, like we did with the PNG Consulate General's Harbour Cruise Christmas Party. All right, we're in range. Rogers, get the megaphone. And the harpoon gun. Well, it looks like, for the seat of Noble at least, the election result is decided. Feeling a bit seasick, this is Harold Hughes. So with one seat out of the way, it looks like it's going to be a very interesting outcome for this election. Now, it's almost time for the weekly quiz show, so uh, we'll be back when the result's about to be called. Any final predictions, Baz? I think we can say quite confidently, Walter, that one of the two major parties will win this election. And that's all we have time for right now. Thank you, Baz, and thank you for tuning in. I'm Walter Conrad, this is Sterling, and that was the 2016 Australian Federal Election. Good night. The Burn and White News 2016 Federal Election Special was created, written and performed by Alastair White and Lachlan Byrne. The music was written and performed by Gordon White. I've heard that the best parliaments are very well hung. <laughs>